For a few moments tonight, I want to take you to the Word of the Lord, a very familiar passage of Scripture, but the Lord brought it to, to my attention. I had started the week thinking in a certain line of thought, and uh, while I was reading uh, that particular portion of Scripture, this verse just literally leaped into my thought processes and intercepted. And now I know why, because everything that Brother Clyde T. has brought us in worship tonight is directly in line with what I feel and I sense in the Holy Ghost. Acts chapter 16 and verse number 25. And you're well familiar with it, and so I ask you to not turn me off or check out before I'm through tonight because I believe God's going to speak to us. And at midnight, Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises unto God. And the prisoners heard them. Amen. I want to talk to you tonight about an uncommon sound. For the common darkness. An uncommon sound for the common darkness. You know, many times in life we have told our story or what we have gone through, our struggles, and then someone has responded by saying, You just described my life. How often that happens we find that there is a commonality in all of life that none of us are exempt from, whether we are a child of God or we do not serve the Lord at all. There is a common thread that is woven through all of our lives. Suffering, disappointment, frustration, heartache, all of those things, and we often forget that because sometimes when we're going through something, we feel like we are the lone ranger and nobody's ever been through that before. And the truth is, everybody has been where you are. And so an uncommon sound for the common darkness. Father, I pray that you'd help me tonight to minister to your people. I'm not here to preach a sermon, but I want to minister to someone. And I pray that you would awaken something in all of us that would make us more sensitive to this hour in which we are living. In Jesus' name, amen. We all face the same elements in life. There is a sense in which we are all in this together. We all deal with the same human issues. Cancer, heart disease, kidney problems, bodily issues. Uh, we are not exempt, though we may be spirit-filled people. All of us, children of God and children of darkness, all of them, all of us, we all struggle with the same issues of fear and doubt, questions and concerns, 
whether you live for God or not, you are going to encounter some disappointments and heartaches in life. And you're going to have to live out a story that is not of your choosing. In a sense, we are all fellow prisoners tonight of some sort. Right now, we are being held captive by a pandemic called COVID-19. And it has changed our lives in ways unimaginable. Life has been turned upside down and in a sense it has shackled our lives with restrictions and new ways of living and going about life. We would not have chosen that narrative for our story. No one of us could have imagined at the beginning of this year that we would be facing what we are facing tonight. But we have been called to live it anyway. And I believe that the key to overcoming this hour in which we now live is in how we respond to it. Our text is a familiar passage, but I want to tell you tonight that it is one of the most triumphant moments of the New Testament church. And it highlights a truth that must not be lost in our own thinking. Paul and Silas, just for preaching the gospel, had been seized and without even a semblance of trial, they had been stripped and scourged and beaten with rods and thrown into prison. There is no doubt in my mind that there was great pain and misery from that violent kind of treatment. I read somewhere today one Bible scholar said that this was possibly the second or third beating that Paul had endured in just a short matter of weeks or months. And so his body hasn't even recovered from the first beating and now he has been beaten down again. And to top it all off, he is thrust into the inner prison. And it looked like the end. Their bodies were bleeding. Their backs were hurting. Their feet were in stocks. And they were suffering greatly. It was gloomy and a misery-filled place. And it would have dampened the spirit of the bravest, and it would have appalled the strongest of hearts. It was the inner prison. Someone said that in the Roman prison system, there were three distinct areas of the prison. There was a commonoria, which was the prisoner prison area where there was actually light and ventilation and fresh air. And then there was the interior which was shut off by strong iron gates with bars and locks. And then there was the Tullian, which was the dungeon. And that was the place where they took the, the, those who were waiting execution because of their condemnation. So as you can see tonight, 
There was reason for fears. There were many reasons for their fears. And there was many reasons for them to have felt like they were forgotten. And there are reasons for questions. Uh, They were many, no doubt. And yet in the face of all of that, in such a place and under such conditions, their response was incredible. They were cheerful. They were hopeful. They were unruffled by what was happening, it seemed. Their spirit was alive. Their body was bound, but their spirit was alive. And instead of complaining and griping and moaning and pouting, they prayed and they praised. And the Bible said at midnight they did all of that. I will tell you without a doubt, those walls had heard a lot of things in their existence, but they had never heard what they heard that night. Praying, perhaps, but never praying and singing. This was an uncommon sound in their common misery. They were all prisoners, and yet there was a sound that was coming out of that inner prison that was so uncommon for the location and the circumstances and the misery. Those sounds that were being heard that night were not the usual sounds under such circumstances. But those sounds, those sounds of prayer and praise were a testimony. And they testified that the source of somebody's happiness was not what was around them, but what was within them. And it testified, this uncommon sound testified that the external circumstances of life cannot destroy my internal relationship with God. And it testifies that even the enemies of Christianity cannot destroy its peace nor its contentment. They may incarcerate the body, but they cannot bind the spirit. They may exclude us from earthly comforts, but they cannot shut the heavenly visitation out of our lives. And the Bible said they prayed and praised God. I like the fact that they prayed first for grace to support them. No doubt for forgiveness for those that had mistreated them. But they prayed first. They had reason to apprehend that there was something more. Prayer, let me tell you something tonight, Greater Life Church. Prayer should be our first response to everything in life that happens to us. But far too often, it is the last resort for people rather than the first response. But they didn't stop with prayer. 
they went a little further than that and they praised, they sang praises. Even in such circumstances, they still had a reason for gratitude and they praised him maybe for past victories or maybe they praised him for future hopes. But somehow in the midst of their darkness, there was an uncommon sound that was uttered in that prison and the Bible said, and the prisoners heard them. It only took two people to make a difference. I want to underscore that in your mind tonight. That if you can find a fellow prayer warrior and you can find a fellow praiser, then you have the power to change the atmosphere around you that will not only change your life, but will affect the lives of those around you. And again, I say unto you that if two of you shall agree on earth as touching anything that shall that you shall ask, it shall be done for them of my Father which is in heaven. For where two or three are gathered in my name, there am I in the midst of them also. Matthew 18, 19 and 20. I'm here to tell you tonight that two can make a difference. And we don't have to hold, have a whole church full of people that are praying like they need to pray. But if I can just get a couple of people that will believe that greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world, I believe we can begin praying something and praising something down in our community and in our church that will shake this place and turn this place up. Upside down. Hallelujah. And the prisoners heard them. I like the literal rendering. And the prisoners were listening. There is a world around us that we are not even aware of tonight. And I want to make you aware tonight of the opportunity that we have of an unconscious ministry that takes place in life's most difficult moments. Oh, the service that those two men rendered that prison that night, they had no knowledge of. They didn't do it for others to hear them. They did it because that's who they were. They didn't sing to be heard. They sang because they were His. But by praying and by praising, they no doubt made it easier for other prisoners who suffered under the same circumstances but did not have the resources that Paul and Silas had. Here is an unconscious ministry that we have the opportunity of fulfilling in this hour. That whatever we're going through, we have the opportunity to minister to people around us that we are unaware of. We have an unseen audience that is looking at us right now and wondering what we're going to do and how we are going to respond. When I read that scripture, 
this earlier this week, the question came to my mind. What is the world hearing out of us right now in this hour? Are they hearing out of us the same sound that they've heard out of other prisoners? Or is there an uncommon sound coming out of our lips and out of our heart? A sound of prayer, a sound of praise that says that my God is still in control of my life and my God is still in control of my destiny. Praise God. Will we be no different than the negative voices that fill the airways with gloom and doom? Will we join with the chorus around us that is saying we'll never recover, we'll never come out of this? Or is there somebody that's got enough faith to say, there's something in me that's greater than what is against me. And if I will just activate what is in me, God will do something around me. Praise God. What kind of sound is coming out of us in this present darkness that covers our land. Somebody is listening for our response to life. There are people, no doubt, that are taking their cues for life from you, and you don't even know it at this moment. There are people that know who you are. The Bible said, and the prisoners were listening. That makes me think that when they heard the jail cell open and they heard who was coming in, they must have said among themselves, I wonder what they're going to do now. I wonder how they're going to respond to this. I wonder what kind of sound we're going to hear coming out of them. And when they got locked in that inner prison, they started praying and singing praise, and it reached the first part of the prison. It reached far enough that all of the prisoners heard them. More than that, all of them were listening. They were listening to see and hear what the response of those two children of God was going to be. And I am convinced tonight that there are people that are looking at us right now and they're wondering, are you going to be like everybody else? Are you going to put your hands up in the air and say, what is the use? Or are you going to lift up your voice and cry out to God in prayer? Are you going to lift up your voice and praise Him in spite of everything going wrong around you? People are taking their cues for life from us right now. There are some whose attitude toward the highest things are being decided by what they see in us right now. Amen. Their view of God is being affected by what they see in us. We are all suffering the same fate but we are not all suffering the same fate with the same resources. 
if you are a child of God, if you have the Spirit of the Lord living in you, you have resources that the rest of the prison doesn't know anything about, but they need to know about it. They need to know that there's something that you can have that a prison cannot incarcerate, that you've got something in your soul that shackles cannot bind and beatings cannot take it out of you. Amen. Amen. And I believe that those prisoners were interested to know if those two men had any light to shed on the subject of their suffering. The Bible said in Romans 8 and 19 that the earnest expectation of the creature waiteth for the manifestation of the sons of God. That is one of the most stirring scriptures I have ever read in my life because that tells me that the world that I live in and the world that surrounds me is looking for the sons of God to be revealed. And what greater time should there be than now in this present darkness for the sons of God to be revealed, for people to know that it's not hopeless, that it's not the end. It may look like it, but it's not the end. It's not over until God says it's over. And lift up your voice and give a sound out that will change somebody's life no doubt they looked at Paul and Silas and wondered what is the secret of their song and what is the secret of your survival they were listening listen to me they were listening not out of curiosity but out of need because their world had fallen apart their world had just been restricted and reduced. Their world had been turned upside down. Their life perhaps was about to come to an end until two men were brought into that prison and decided that this prison was not going to determine their response to life. And they prayed and they sang praises. What a chance. What an opportunity we have tonight of helping others around us in this hour of crisis that do not have the resources that you and I have, that do not have the hope that you and I have. I cannot imagine us being despondent right now. We ought to get on our tiptoes and realize our greatest opportunity is right here before us. We have a great opportunity to make a difference in our world. And it doesn't take but a couple of people to do it. What a difference this hour throws to us in our common suffering. What a challenge it brings to us in our common adversity. Whatever hardships life gives us to bear, there are, there are others around us who are tense with interest, whose hearts are filled with pain, and they're wondering and they're listening to our response to the same troubles, to the same worries, to the same news, to the same bombarding of hopelessness. They are looking at us to grasp some inspiration 
that comes out of our spirit, that comes out of our hope, that comes out of our courage for these troubled times. What a remarkable response Paul and Silas had to those circumstances. And I pray somehow tonight that there would be something that would begin to infect Greater Life Church that's more powerful than COVID-19. And it would be a spirit of prayer and a spirit of praise that a prison cannot contain and a problem cannot stifle and a hurt cannot silence. Praise. What, what an opportunity to hear the Lord's song in a strange land. That was, that was what so confused Israel. How can we sing a song? How can we sing our song in this foreign land? I have another question. Why can't you sing? <laughs> if there's any place that needs to hear that song, it's that foreign land. If there's anybody that needs to hear that song, it's the prisoner in the next cell. It's that neighbor that's incarcerated just like you, but they don't have the hope you have. And you have the opportunity. Would it not change the face of life for someone if you would get out of the mully grubs and start singing? If you would quit pouting and sulking over what you don't like about life right now and start thanking him for what has come into your life, if we would learn to say to darkness, you have no hold on me. If we would learn to say to fear, you will not torment me. If we would learn to say to worry, there is no room in my house for you. If we would say to our shadows, you will not bring dread into my life because I have a resource. I have a connection to another world. I have an opportunity. We have a living God in us whose presence can chase away the clouds and cause you to see the sun even in the darkest of nights. Amen. You and I are his witnesses according to scripture. And a witness is someone who reflects something that they have seen or experienced. I wonder tonight if we're reflecting what we have experienced. Anybody remember when you received the Holy Ghost, the tongue talking, the dancing, the shouting, the rejoicing? A witness is someone who reflects that continually in their life. The deeper the darkness and the sterner the circumstances of life, the greater the opportunity we have to let our faith shine. Amen. I know this is a trying hour. I've had as many questions as any of you have had. And I probably have wrestled with a few fears and a few doubts and a few worries. But I'm thankful tonight that they didn't get a hold of me. I don't want anything like that to get a hold of me. I'm not saying I'm not going to encounter it and you're not going to encounter it, but I don't want it to lay a hand on me. I don't want it to get possession of me. And it's no different. Our circumstances may have swept us into a situation that none of us want 
or like or want to be in. But it has also offered us an opportunity of great proportions. And there's a sound that needs to be heard. It's a very uncommon sound. It's not usually heard in these circumstances. It's more common to buy in to the conventional wisdom that we're going down. The sky is falling. The sky is falling. That this is it. It's over. We'll never recover. But somewhere there's got to be somebody that's got enough faith to say, Oh, no. It ain't over until he says it's over. And what a difference you and I could make like Paul and Silas made to those other prisoners if we would just let our faith operate and drive out the fear that torments and let our confidence in God be what causes us to step forward. Amen. And is that not what faith ought to do for us anyway? Praise God. It ought to give us the power to sing in all sorts of devastating and difficult circumstances. It ought to give us the power to rise above the present ills. My faith in God should enable me to make myself independent of the circumstances, superior to the surroundings, not because I'm superior, but because He, greater is He that is in me than He that is in the world. We escape not from the prison, but in the prison. In these circumstances that we're living in right now, we can dance, we can shout, we can rejoice, we can worship, we can pray, and God is going to shake something in our world and in our community, and there are prisoners that are listening. They're listening right now. They're looking at you right now, and they're watching your moves, and singing in a dungeon is not a common sound, but it is the victory of faith. It's easy to sing when the sun is shining and everything's going your way. It's another story when you have to sing in the midnight, but when you've got faith in God and you've got a confidence that God is with you no matter where life takes you, then you can sing in those hours and know that God will take care of you. Faith overcomes fear. And midnight becomes morning to the soul who learns how to pray and praise in their circumstances. Everything in their circumstances spoke of them giving in and, and becoming like everybody else. But I'm so thankful that they didn't. They prayed and they praised. I had somebody tell me one time, well, I don't feel like praising God. You know what I've discovered about life? People that get to a place that they don't want to praise God have quit praying. Because if you'll pray, you pray a little bit, it'll make you want to praise Him. If you'll pray a little while, prayer will generate something in you of remembrance. And you will remember how good the Lord has been to you and what He has already brought you out of. So if you'll just start praying, the praise will come back. If you get back down before God and say, God, I need you. I need your strength. I need your help. I can't make it without you. It won't be long until a praise comes rolling forth from your lips. You know what I'm saying is true. And you need to start it right now. Amen. 
Prayer opens God's resources to our life and praise screams to the world that God is in control of my life. The outlook may be dark and foreboding, but the uplook is bright and clear. He's on the throne. Men of smaller stature would have grumbled and complained and whined and cried and done like all the other prisoners. But Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises. It really doesn't matter what the hardship is or the trouble. We're never alone in our suffering. The tragedy is far too few of us take advantage of these dark times to let our light shine and let the world know there is hope. Amen. I know where that hope can be found. That hope lives in my heart and pray and sing praises. Let me just say in closing tonight, somebody's listening. Somebody's listening. They're, they're watching you right now. They know you're a child of God. They know, they know you. You don't have to go tell them that. They already know you. They've already been able to identify you. I had a friend of mine tell me today that a funeral director told him the other day at a funeral. He said, you know, I can tell by the service whether that person was a child of God or not. There is a tone. There is a setting that you can sense and feel in such a place in those moments of time. And he said it's undeniable. And I can tell by the service, by what is said, I can tell whether or not that person was a child of God or not. Hey, listen, folks. People are listening. They are watching us. They are looking at us right now. Your co-workers are looking at you. The people around your neighborhood are looking at you. And if all they see is your frown and your sadness and your sorrow and your whining and your complaining, then what kind of testimony am I giving to the truth that really lies in my soul? Oh God, help me. To rediscover the power of prayer and praise in this darkness. And let an uncommon sound begin to come forth from my lips. I believe we need to praise Him right now. Hallelujah. I believe we need to praise Him. Come on, sing it. Oh, yes. Yeah.